0: And whether it's music or whether it's running a big company, if you're the president of the United States or you're a prisoner in a gulag somewhere, who Jesus says you are to him is the same. He loves you. He died on the cross for you. He wants you to know how much he loves you. And he wants you to know that every single day.
1: Welcome to the Christian Music Archive Podcast, conversations about Christ, community, and music. I'm your host, Dave Maurer. On today's podcast, we get to chat with Lang and Renee Bliss. This is such a rich conversation about the importance of collaboration and mentorship, and how using your God given gifts is something that really blesses the Lord. But before we jump into that conversation, I want to remind you about the Christian Music Archive Prayer Newsletter. You hear me ask every person I interview how we can pray for them in the days ahead. I strongly believe in the power of prayer because I've seen its effectiveness in my own life and in the stories I've heard from people that I talk to. God is all-powerful and can do anything He wants, whenever He wants, but for some reason, He has instructed us to pray, and he's chosen to release his power based on our prayers. So I'm asking you to join with hundreds of other people who are committed to praying for the artists we interview on this podcast, and for the men and women listed on the Christian Music Archive webpage. Every Saturday, I send out a newsletter highlighting seven artists and list specific ways you can pray for them. If you are not already receiving this weekly email, I'd like to invite you to sign up. Just head over to my website, ChristianMusicArchive.com/prayer. There, you can sign up to receive the weekly newsletter, and you can join us in praying for the artists like Lang and Renee, who we will be chatting with here today in just a bit. Again, that is ChristianMusicArchive.com/prayer, and. Thanks for joining me and lifting these artists before the Lord in prayer. On today's podcast, we have a special treat to talk to not one, but two really great people. First, we've got Renee Garcia-Bliss. Rene released a couple of albums back in the 1980s and has done background vocals both in the studio and on the road. I remember seeing Renee as one of Amy Grant's backup vocalists on several of her tours. Then we have Lang Bliss, who has some pretty impressive resume of his own. Lang has been a drummer, producer, songwriter. I probably missed something (laughs) for some artists you might know. Michael W. Smith. I'm happy you you got that right. (laughs) (laughs) Michael W. Smith, Michael McDonald, Big Daddy Weave, and, well, the list is longer, but you get the idea. And then somewhere in all of this busyness, they found time to get married and release some albums of their own. So let's yep, spend yep. some time with Lang and Renee. Welcome, you guys.
2: Well, thanks. Thank you, Dave. It's good so to be with much. you. Yeah.
1: This is cool. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned before we pushed record, I've not done two, of, uh, two people at the same time. So I'm going to be a gentleman, and we're going to start with Renee, because, you know, ladies <laughs> <Okay>. first. <laughs> so Renee, tell us how you got started in music.
3: Wow. Well, you know, I um I I always loved music as a kid. I I uh I loved singing as a kid and I remember that because my mom and my dad would, you know, they they go, "Wow, you love singing." You know, it, it was something I enjoyed a lot. So, I just, you know, I kind of went through a phase um uh, you know where I didn't wasn't involved much in singing, but when I got into high school, I Got super involved with you know uh, high school. I took um, majored in art and music at high school, and okay. it kind of, kind of took off from there. And I just kept going, and uh, ended up in several bands, um, Christian bands, and then ended up. Uh, well, I don't know how much you want to know, but <laughs> it, I don't want to get like I don't want to like do here's my here I am as a baby. You
1: know? Here, here but, is my life. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, so. Obviously, you didn't just jump right into singing for with Amy Grant. There's a progression there. Um How did, yes. you know, what happened after high school? You said you were in bands. Did you release right. uh-huh. music as those bands or?
3: No, I actually, it was like in, in one band I was involved in, I did, we I, I sang for someone else who, okay, so this is going to go back a long way and a lot of people may not even be familiar with any of these people, but. Um, A friend of mine uh, did a did an independent record with an artist by the name of Randy Matthews. He's part of that whole group of people that were part of the original, um, you know, Jesus music that came out of the whole, you know, um, revival that happened in the 60s when a bunch of hippies got saved. And so he so anyway, that's kind of my introduction into christian music with my friend i did background vocals for him and ended up playing uh, rhythm guitar in the band and sang and um and we started doing at the time when i was in band with him i went to a fellowship in the little town i'm from the original petra band came from the town that i'm from and I used to go to a place called the Adams Apple. I don't know how how old you are, but people who are older will remember the Adams Apple. It was a real major stopping point for a lot of different artists: Larry Norman, Nancy Honeytree, Petra DeGar- Degarmo, and Key, sure. You know, fireworks with Marty McCall, Sheila Walsh. Uh, you know, most of those people that were in. The, you know, the, those, all of those bands and stuff that came out of that really, really early Christian music. Right. And so I was exposed to that stuff pretty, pretty early on. And then, so I ended up getting in a a duo with a friend of mine I met at Anderson College in Anderson, Indiana. Okay, sure. Um, We did a duo uh moved out to Colorado. It was just one of these, she was kind of a free spirited person. She goes, Hey, I think I'm gonna move to Colorado. It's like, (laughs) okay, I'll go with you kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) And when we were out there, we started, she and I started as a duo and then we put together a band and started to do um open up for some different acts in uh in Colorado around the Denver area. Um i leon patillo i think was one of the artists i'm trying to remember it's been so long ago it's like leon patillo i ended up meeting uh david meese okay at a concert in that was at red rocks in denver and that was my connection point to eventually me ending up with amy grant i first auditioned for david meese and i did some tour i did a tour with david Back in nineteen eighty let me think about this. i it was in eighty the fall of eighty three I went on the road with David Meese and White Hart. oh wow, White Hart opened, and David was, and then they were David Meese's band, so I was a background singer Sure. on that tour, I met one of the background singers was Donna McElroy, oh sure, and she had been singing with Amy Grant and skip forward after that tour was over. I ended up um. I ended up in Nashville. I moved, I left Colorado and moved to Nashville in 1984, auditioned for Amy. And that was sort of the, that, that was the whole, that was my whole beginning into contemporary Christian music.
1: Yeah. And then some of her people, aren't they the ones that kind of helped get you signed with reunion for your, your solo projects?
3: Well, you know, at the time uh, I ended up, I was still singing with Amy um, when I got approached by her management team. Uh, Mike Blanton and Dan Harrell and I ended up doing a record uh, you know a solo record two solo records with with reunion records so yeah it was all through that whole that whole season of time being connected that whole group of people so that was a real real short version um, of kind of how it happened and uh, yeah so it's really interesting though what I was going to say is some of the people that I like when I told you I put a band together in yeah. Colorado, this will segue into how to lang. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Perfect. Her, the friend of mine that I sang in this duo with, and then we later sh- uh, started a band, She, her brother was in a company called Showcase. And this was a company based out of Florida. And they put a bunch of bands together and then they would go and and uh, do high school assemblies and stuff. They were all Christians, but during the day they would do a high school assembly and they would talk about staying in school, you know, and pa- or being patriotic. It just <clears throat> depended. They had two different bands that kind of did different things. Yeah. And when I was in that band with my friend, her brother had a magazine called the Rolling Showcase mm-hmm. And I saw, and I remember looking at, it going, "Oh, there's a guy named Lang. Oh, wow, that's a real interesting name." Well, that was Lang, yeah. my Lang. Yeah. <laughs> like years later, it's just bizarre how it's like the, you know, yeah. I'm sure Kevin Bacon's in there somewhere. <laughs>
1: you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So
3: yeah, I knew of Lang. I had heard of Lang actually years before I actually met Lang. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, that kind of points to one of the things that I'm very, very aware of is hindsight. We look back and see God has just prepared the path Amen. the whole way along. So, yeah. so yeah. Lang, well, it's your turn. Same question. How did <laughs> how did you get started? I mean, it sounds like you were more in the production side at the beginning. Is that true?
0: Well, actually, no, the drumming side more, okay. really. Okay. So, so uh, Renee's friend that she was in the duo with, her brother's name was Mike, and Mike was in the company called Showcase. Right. Well, uh, his brother, the, the, so there were like, it was, uh, it was Bren, Mike, mm-hmm. and another brother named Gary. Right. Now, Gary was playing for David Meese at the time. Okay. And after when Renee had left and gone to Amy. And so this company, so this will tie into something I can share later. Okay. But, This company, along with putting bands together of, you know, kind of college age guys was also taught entertainment concepts to the guys. So they, they, you know, produce a show basically. And um, so Gary and Mike and I were all in showcase at the same time. And when I was living in California, Gary was out on the road playing bass for David Meese and his brother, Mike was road managing. Ah, Gotcha. And, and Gary was just like, he was doing the showcase thing. So he'd get up on stage and he'd be moving around and, you know, entertaining people and doing a great thing. And and everybody would always come up to him after the show, I guess, and just go, dude, you rock, you know, you're amazing. <laughs> and, and everybody would talk to, to David Meese and say, man, your bass player is incredible, dude. He's awesome. You know? Yeah. And so, so I guess at some point in time, David said to Mike and Gary, can you put a whole band together of this? You know, uh-huh. and so they had known me and they, they got a hold of me and said, hey, listen, this guy we play for named David Meese wants to put a whole band together together. Uh, of guys that can perform, like you know, like we did in showcase, yeah. and, I, and he said, "Would you, would you want to audition?" I'm like, okay, "Of course, yeah," <laughs> and that'd be awesome. You yeah, know, I was living out in California, and I was playing in some local bands, and it was fun. But it was like I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be doing things on a professional level. Sure. So anyway, I auditioned. Sometime in there, in the process, David changed his mind and just kind of went, "You know, I'm just going to keep things the way they are." That's mm. you know. And they said, dude, you need to move here anyway. You, you know, you could be playing. (laughs) So uh, I was working at Federal Express at the time, (laughs) you know, a full-time job working at FedEx. And and they said, well, you got to move here. And and at the time in FedEx, and probably the same way it is now, you know, these big companies like that, trying to move in those companies is like, you know. First of all, there had to be an opening in Nashville and nine times out of 10, they'll just hire somebody within the company there to fill the spot. So I thought the chances of me moving are going to be, you know, nil, they're going to be zero, you know, well, I check and what the heck it's open. There's an opening in Nashville for the, for the position I was in and literally I moved in two weeks. Oh wow! I didn't even get to tell my friends (laughs) goodbye out in California. (laughs) It happened so fast. It was like, yep, boom, boom, you know, and I'm on the road headed to Nashville. Yeah, And so I moved in with Mike and Gary. We were roommates and, um, and they said, Hey, oh, before I even move, boy, this is getting long. You're going no. really serious.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Renee, you just kick him if he goes too far. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: So they said, Hey, we've got a friend who sings background with this girl named Amy Grant. Now I was not listening to Christian music at the time.
2: Okay.
0: And um, they said, man, you need to check it out. It's pretty cool stuff. So I went to a record store and I'm seeing, I go into this, you know, I don't know, some record chain out there and there's flats, you know, Mm -hmm. record cover flats all over the freaking store of this girl wearing this leopard jacket Uh, named Amy Grant. And I'm like, who is this? (laughs) So I thought, okay, this is going to be my, my confession. <laughs> my 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 bad confession. I don't know. I thought, okay, if it stinks, at least I'll have given to the ministry. <laughs> so I'm gonna buy the record. And she'll be blessed somehow, even yeah. if the record's really bad and I don't like it. Yeah. You know? So I got the record, I took it home and I put it on and I was going, Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. This is great. I love You know, the first thing. Love of Another Kind pops up and yep. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. Where, Who is, you know, I'm asking all these questions. So anyway, then he says, hey, listen, they're going to be out in California uh, at the, uh, at this amphitheater near where I lived. And I thought, well, and I'll get you tickets. So, and they say, we've got a friend. She sings background for Amy Grant. She's one of the three background singers. Okay. I said, well, that's cool. The big thing was it was Philip Bailey opening for Amy Grant, uh, and I thought, okay, we'll see, I'm going to get to see the Chinese Wall tour. Yeah, you know that had Phil Collins and Easy Lover and all that. All those good. And yeah. I get there, and I'm thinking, he's the headliner. He's the guy who's known, not the Amy Grant girl, whoever she is. You yeah. Know. I get there. Philip Bailey's opening for Amy Grant. Crazy. I'm like, what? <laughs>
1: you know, <laughs> this is right. crazy. That's not right. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
0: but but at any rate, um. So I moved to Nashville and the very first day I pull into the the apartment parking lot and there's this girl that I'd seen a month or two before on stage and she's there hanging out with Mike my friend and they're waiting for me to get into town and I've you know I'm like she goes, "Well, do you need to let's go get your boxes out of the car." And I'm like, "You can't carry boxes. You're <laughs> like a star." <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah. But anyway, you know. So,
3: yeah, that's the first day we met, even yeah. though uh, even though he had seen me at the Amy show, he attended like a couple months before that. Yeah. And I had heard of him from my friend, Mike. Mike was our Mike was our connection. Parent, yes. I guess, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And that's how we met. So yeah. sorry. That was such a long. No, no, sorry. no, 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 you know, no. That went it's, all over the place.
1: It's fascinating <laughs> because I've I'm, I'm always intrigued about how these connections make themselves to each other, you know.
0: We could not have put this together if we tried. If right. somebody oh, had a yeah. gun
1: to our heads, right? right. we yep. couldn't have done that. And so right. looking back, we know who was putting this thing together, ultimately. Amen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's
3: right. So that's, right. so that's so good.
1: My next question was going to be, which came first, the records or the relationship? Because you guys went on to then, after, Renee, after your two albums, you guys put together an album called Bliss Bliss. Right. Yep. So that obviously, mm-hmm. I would assume you were married at that point.
3: Yes. Right. Um. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so how did that kind of transpire you you guys met you got married we don't need a you know the the romance is a fun story but how right. did you guys right. decide to do music together was that just a natural outgrowth of what you guys did
3: well you know lang was playing uh, i was uh doing my solo records you know i was going out and doing dates uh to support both of my records the first one and the second one and um lang was playing with margaret becker he was on the road with uh, she was opening for petra he was you know playing with rich mullins he was playing in jeff moore in the distance he was really both of us were very I, very busy yeah you know doing music but not doing music together um which was which was difficult because we were
0: she'd she'd leave on thursday i'd yeah. leave on friday she'd get back on monday i'd get back on wednesday then i'd leave on thursday she'd you know and it was like ships crossing in the night yeah. for about two three years yeah, and i was we gonna were like, say
1: you're married and you're not seeing each other ever yeah <laughs> right we weren't seeing each
3: other much and
0: we just thought you know, this is not going to work in yeah. the long run. And
3: we did do a tour together. We both were on the road with um, Michael W. Smith. We did his eye to eye tour. Okay. So we yeah. did a tour together, um, you know, and enjoyed being on the road together. It was great fun and everything. But I think we just kind of just, you know, we and we had a lot of a lot of the same. Um, well, we both come from different backgrounds but as we were like even when we were kind of writing for we you know we had some co-writes on my first record Mm -hmm. and did some writing on my second record along with uh chris eaton who produced both the records yeah we
0: chris is awesome even though we
3: both came from kind of different musical backgrounds that writing experience on those first couple of records we we really could kind of see the threads starting to come together. Mm. Um, we had more as, in
0: common than we did that we weren't in agreement right, on. Right, because
3: Lang's background uh, musically is primarily rock, right. a rock background. Uh, not not saying he didn't listen to, you know, R&B and soul and all that, right. but maybe, I don't know, I can't speak for him. My background was very, very heavy on the soul, R&B, yeah. Motown side, probably more heavy in that. And then after that would just be your typical pop music, you know? And I did like, I did get into rock too. I kind of liked a little bit of everything, but what I, the main, main influence for me was R&B, Motown, you know, that kind of stuff. And then Lang's background was, well, well I you're... liked
0: rock and prog rock, and then I really loved R and B. Though I loved bands like Ohio Players and yeah. Earth Wind and Fire and Average White Band, uh, you know. So funk was actually, and and you know, groove music was pretty big. And I, I love pop music.
1: Well, and I was going to say you mix you two and you really got the funk vibe is what I was going to say because that really added kind of that nitty gritty back end drum side that you bring, Lang, and that just really. <laughs> R and B, sing the face off of a phone book kind of a vibe that you bring, Renee. Yeah, so
3: I mean, it was really and th- and yeah, those those initial experiences writing together for those those two records, and then you know, we just kind of decided that we wanted to do something together. I mean, it was just it wasn't something that was like came from somebody else or from an outside source. It was something that we felt like we really want to do this. We want to we want to take it. We want to take a step. We also this felt do like
0: this. we also felt like that was a long term thing mm-hmm. that we both wanted to be a
1: part of. Yeah. Right. hmm. OK, so this brings up the real serious question. When you're in the studio and when you're songwriting, who gets the final word?
3: Wow. That, you know, I think I really trust Lang uh, with things that, you know, he has a when we're working on our music together together. Um, he has, we do a lot of co-writing. Um, we, you know, we spend a lot of time working on the lyrics and bringing all that together. But the production side of it, I really, I trust his, his ears like a lot. Cause he's yeah. really got, he's got a vision. He'll get a vision in his head for what he wants. Mm. And <clears throat> I really trust that.
0: I, I, I would say that uh, I always though, default to sort of like she's got to be happy and so in a way maybe i've got final say but it's really not final say because it's like we both have to be really happy right and, and like i'll be right now we're in the middle of working on these uh six tunes that we're getting ready to do or finish yep. we're finishing them right for our next ep and yeah. um
3: which was supposed to be released this year, but you know, the, oh, that thing, the whole, the,
0: the, Rona. Yeah, the, Rona, Rona, the
3: Rona really kind of put And this is not just us. I mean, obviously oh, it was sure. for everybody. It really, it really, it really messed with the timetable of kind of what we were looking at. So, but we're working but, on finishing it up now.
0: Yeah. But uh, uh, you know, I'm it's funny cause I'm like working on the songs. We're kind of adding final bits and pieces and I'm like, I'll work on it for a while and then I'll go get her uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll say, you got to come hear this. What do you think? do you like it or no? And if there's any like hesitancy on her part, I go dump. Yeah. It's gone <laughs> Yeah, because I know if she's not liking it, then I'm not hitting on what I think we're both into. Mm, yeah. And so some of the stuff, it's just experiment on my part, yeah, but I have really a pretty is. good idea of where we head. but you know, a lot of this, well, creative, creative endeavors of any kind are experimental and you're, you're trying things. And, And but she's, she's got a really great, also she has a really great understanding of how to say things lyrically. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in the past, I've gotten a lot better at at being a lyric writer, but she just has a great way of knowing, no, that's not working. We're not saying it right. It's not clear or whatever, you know, or, Whatever. So, uh, I would, I kind of tend to default to her as well on that. Uh, I don't know. I think we just both work together. It's I a guess, real
1: good but... teamwork then. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I've heard a lot of people say, you know, you never want to work in the same company as your spouse and you guys are working together in your business and your life. How does, is that something you have to be in intentional and in saying, okay, we're putting our work hats on or does that just kind of spill over out of your relationship with each other at home? It kind of hits me like um, I have to
0: schedule the time. But, you know, it's kind of like I also produce, uh, produce other artists and I work with other artists on their live shows. And I I track drums for some people sometimes in the studio. I mean, so I'm kind of like more working on that. Um, and And she'll be kind of running the house, so to speak. <laughs> so we kind of have to schedule the time. I have to say, hey, we've got to get these vocals cut, right? you know, and then she'll come down and, um, but sometimes then in writing, we'll just kind of be in, I'll come up with an idea or she'll come up with an idea and we'll go, all right, let's run down real quick and throw a melody line down to this or, or something.
3: Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like, as we've been working on this project finishing up, I mean, we will be listening to something in the, you know, we'll, we'll listen to Mm -hmm. the track that we did something on and all of a sudden we'll go, Oh man, that'd be a great background vocal idea. And we'll we'll just grab an iPhone or something. Just throw the idea down, play
0: the idea through the car stereo and sing along on the iPhone and and just try to get it down. So we don't forget it.
3: Yeah. It's just, those would be your moments of like inspiration that you don't really plan. They just, they're just sort of spontaneous that kind of happen because it's in the moment uh, kind of thing. But, you know, I think for us, you know, like Lang said, you know, we have a studio and he, he, he will be working on things. Uh, he'll get inspired to, to lay a part down or something. And then I'll come down and, yeah. you know, it's kind of like that. I mean, I, I don't have to go down the street. I just have yeah. to walk down the stairs. I mean, literally it's just That's like, awesome. yeah. what's funny is sometimes he'll even call me or text me, <laughs> you know, because he doesn't want to walk up the stairs to come get me. He'll just text me and go, Hey, or call. Yeah, And we're in the same house. That's that's pretty pathetic.
1: I've often wondered with all the studio uh, ability at home now, how much of the music that we listen to uh, is recorded in people's pajamas? (laughs) A lot. I'll bet a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think we really
0: want to know. Yeah, maybe so. We we just want (laughs) to keep the magic mysterious. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, you've both been actively involved in Christian music um, for more than 30 years, uh, according to what I'm tracking. And I'm assuming you're not singing Christian music just because that's where all the money's at. So, so let's talk a little bit about your faith journey. How and when did you start your walk with Christ and, and how does that kind of parlay into what you're doing now?
0: Well, that company that I told you about that I worked with, uh, Mike and Gary Jones, Showcase, came to my high school when I was a senior and uh they produced rock bands that came into high schools and junior highs all around the united states and canada at the time and they would play a 45-minute assembly show during the day and then invite the kids to come back to uh, an hour and a half concert that you know like the next night or a couple of nights later and in that night show they would do a a little testimony about two-thirds of the way through the show one of the band members would get up and say hey little something we wanted to, to just tell you guys about ourselves. We're born again, Christians, you know, uh, we're not, you know, so anyway, we do a little testimony and then say, Hey, we'd love to talk to you about this afterwards. Yeah. If you have any questions, please come up and talk to us. So I got saved um, through that band coming to my high school.
1: Oh, very cool.
0: And then uh, went on the road with that company for, uh, about four years almost. Um, I traveled around the United States and Canada. And then uh, we were, I was part of one one attempt at the time. Uh, we actually toured over in Australia for about five and a half months and then a month in Hawaii as they were trying to expand. Uh-huh. Uh, it didn't end up happening after that, but um, it was one of those uh, circumstances that, uh, well, you know, God loves us so much and knows what, where we're at and meets right. us where we are. Yeah. And I was this goofy, you know, high school teenage kid, uh, who loved rock music. Yeah. And, and he met me where I was in the thing that I loved. I thought, <laughs> you know, and, and, and showed his love to me through this group of people that I had no idea who they were. And yet they, my, a, a relationship developed with the manager and his wife and the guys in the band. And they just, they accepted me. And I just thought, what, why in the world? Hmm. I, I'm in some little hick town in Virginia. What? And there's just, they're like the epitome of cool to me. yeah. And I'm like, why would you stoop? I'm a geek, you know, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a complete geek. And yeah. yet you're, you're treating me like I'm like, cool like you. And it was just the love of God. And, um, long, long story short, I was invited by them to come out and visit them on the road, which has never done, was never done before hmm. and never done after. And I actually rode a bus down to North Carolina met up with them and went around to all the high schools, the Easter week of my senior year of high school. Okay. I, I went home at the end of that week. I had attended little Bible studies they were having every night before the show and on the bus ride home. Uh, it was Easter Sunday and I just realized who Jesus was, how much he loved me, and I wanted him. Wow. And uh, and I didn't pray with anybody. Uh, I prayed by myself and I received him and uh, you know, and then I was as as the bus was going up through rural Virginia, I was stopping in every little bus station, pulling the tracks out of the the little racks <laughs> in, in the bus station, trying to read. What is this? You know, oh, very <laughs> cool. So
1: yeah. that's
0: that's how I came to know the Lord. And and it's just been, you know, uh, a progression of growing in him. And I, I am I, I can say this with complete, complete certainty. I'm in more in love with the Lord now than I have ever been in my entire Amen. life. Amen. Very cool. Yes,
2: that's good. He
1: is amazing. And how yes. cool is it that you were able to then spend time with not only the people who helped you discover who Christ was, but then you could disciple under them for four years and and help that's grow it. that even deeper. That's very cool. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Very exactly. very cool. Yeah, Renee, what about you?
3: Well, you know, it's uh, I was um, you know, it's interesting. I I didn't come from a you know a christian home at all um but i just my mom was so i remember this she was just so insistent about okay we got to go to church or you kids need to go to church and so um i remember being you know nine years old my brother and i walk into this little church uh was saint paul's united methodist church um when we were younger and um and my mom would go sometimes and sometimes she wouldn't. It was weird. You know, back then we used to walk to school, you know, we didn't take a school bus. We walked to school in the winter, you know, and we walked everywhere. So my brother and I would go and the the way the church service used to be at the time, I went to Sunday school. So I had a lot of like really good input, just you know, good Bible lessons in, in Sunday school and stuff. And um, the pastor... Or, at the church used to do, uh, they would do an adult sermon and then they would do a kid's sermon in the middle of the adult sermon. I don't know if you're very familiar with that style of
1: church. They pull all the kids up onto the front step of the church and have a little children's sermon.
3: Exactly. That's exactly (laughs) what they did. And one day he just, he just shared the gospel, you know, he just did a real simple gospel message. And I, I raised my hand, you know, I prayed to receive uh, Jesus in my heart. I was, I was pretty young. I was probably about nine years old, but I knew even at a, as a little kid, I knew that that was a very real experience for me. I knew that I had received the Lord at that time. And it's interesting because my mom started coming to church. My dad came a few times, not, not, not often at all. My dad was anyway, I don't want to go into a long story about my, my father, my father was Cuban and he was Roman Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't really, the Methodist church wasn't going to work for him, but, um, that's okay. That's for another time. (laughs) Um, so we went to church and this lady, uh, who was the choir director at the church, she wanted to put together a kid's choir as well. And I, I contribute my, my, my singing and being in Christian music and continuing my, my journey, I type, I try, I kind of tie back to her as well, because she was like, you know, she said, Renee, you, God has given you a gift and you need to use that gift, uh, you know, yeah. to, to share, to share Jesus with the world through your singing. And wow. that was the spark for me that sort of lived, has lived, still lives. It's, it's still there. I mean, and you know, so I, as a kid, you know, you, I got into high school, I kind of went through a bad patch, you know, in high school. Uh, But then, you know, about my, I guess I would say my junior year, uh, senior in high school, I just I just had a real flip again, like just uh, got involved with I I was going to the Adam's Apple at the time. So Mm -hmm, I was seeing I was actually seeing uh, Christian bands, you know, people that were playing. Well, most of them were rock. It was mostly rock music. But I was seeing all of these like people. That had such a major impact in their life of the of the Lord, and then they were just like, "I got to tell everybody about this, and I'm going to do it through music," yeah. you know. And I just got reinvigorated, you know, re more uh, in touch again with that initial, mm. the initial salvation experience I had with the Lord, and then the sort of the encouragement to go forward with this, you know, take what God's given you and use it, you know, to make a difference in the world. And so, you know, that was, I don't know if I want to, I wouldn't say it was a a second conversion because it wasn't really that. It was just like a more of a rekindled fire kind of thing, you know. And from that point on, I pretty much was, you know, in bands, uh, Christian bands, uh, trying to write Christian music, you know, music that I felt like would and for me, um, I would have to say that the evangelism thing was was very strong for me because so many of the bands that I was seeing that we call Christian bands, these bands were playing in the same places that they had played the before they got converted. Right. They were playing in clubs. They were playing in the park. They were playing, you know, a lot of churches were not at the time. Right necessarily open to having rock groups or people with even long hair (laughs) in the church
1: (laughs) right they just
3: it it was they just weren't ready it was so it was at such an infant stage at that time and of course these people like i mentioned before you know your honey uh, nancy Honeytree, uh phil keggy you know all these guys that they they were the pioneers of what I later on got to do when I did my solo records, they had already paved the road, so to speak, for so many of us who came down the road later. So I just happened to be an observer of that at the time. And then you, you know, you fast forward and you're still doing it. So that's, I have never felt like that's not what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? And so fast forward to now and there there's, a kind of a, I mean, we kind of laugh at each other because it's like most people our age would have given up the ghost on this a long time ago and just said, and just not why bother doing this, yeah. but it's so much deeper. It's not it's, a hobby. Yeah, It's not a hobby. It's not a weekend thing.
2: Right. This it's, is
3: a calling. Yeah. It is something that is so deep <clears throat> that we can't help but do it. Yeah. And there'll be a time the Lord, and I'm always, I have to say this, and I know I can say the same for Lang. Our relationship with the Lord is so much, it's just sweeter every single day that goes by. I mean, it's amazing how amazing he is. Yeah. And both Amen. of us are at a place in our life where we we do feel very much like God still has. There's something he has for us yet that we've not fulfilled yet. But at the same time, it's like, Lord, if you tell us not to do this anymore, we're totally cool with that. Yeah. We're totally fine with that because... He means more to us than anything, even our music. As much as we love it, <laughs> right. we don't love we don't love that more than we love him and want to be right in the center of his will for our lives.
1: Yeah, well, and what I'm more aware of about you guys is you are spending time now that we're in our <clears throat> older years. Uh, you're investing in, uh, in younger artists and helping younger folks understand what it's like to be doing music and and doing that as a ministry
3: yeah i mean i hope so (laughs) i mean i mean i hope we can depart things to people that really do genuinely help them yeah what did i say did i depart i'm sorry i didn't mean to say that well we're gonna leave and come
1: back and do it again
3: (laughs) (laughs) we are really trying to impart to people you know um
0: I work with artists. Lang- so, yeah, more so, so than I, I do. I work with artists on uh, their live performances. Mm-hmm. And I, so I teach a lot of the concepts that I learned back in Showcase. I worked with a guy uh, up in Franklin who started a company doing that mm-hmm. and then uh, ended up doing it on my own now for about the past three years. But I'm working with young artists all the time. Yeah, yeah. he
3: does. All the time. And sometimes I'll go with him. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just to be there. But did
0: I was going to say, Dave, did you ask about the writing side of things in regard to what are being saved had to do? I can't.
1: I haven't got there yet, thought, but it's on my list. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, okay. no, 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 no. You're fine. It's a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, reading your mind. Yeah. And, and
3: I was going to say too, Dave, you know, you talk about the mentoring thing with people, you know, the, the just the, in general, and you know, this too, I'm sure just from observation's sake, things, the music, the CCM market itself, and just just take music in general. It, it doesn't matter if it's CCM music or if it's on the other side, you know, pop right. music or whatever. It has changed Radically. enormously yep. from the time that that Lang and I, when we were in it, we were in it when it was. It was actually more um, the way that you did music was in the in the mechanisms that were in place to do music were a lot more solid and there was you you could tell somebody pretty easily well the, kind of this is what you do now some of that's not changed but the the way people hear music now is right. changing especially with this COVID thing and who knows what's going to happen after that once things reopen I mean it has really changed and now you know as artists we have a we have the platform of uh, social media now which you know I have days where I, I think it's cool and there's other days I just want to like <laughs> throw myself down a hill. Yeah. But anyway. Um, or your iPad. Yes. <laughs> so I think that we're while we're trying to navigate through this uncharted territory ourselves, we're trying to help people that are trying to navigate through it, too, yeah. because it's it's so different. As a matter of fact, I'll bring this up because we have uh, on our new our new project, our son is a bass player and he's really, really good. Uh And, um, he's, you know, how he sees the music industry and opportunities available is really different than the way we saw it.
1: Sure. Yeah.
3: And so we, we've encouraged him, you know, you've got, God's given you a talent here and some abilities and, and, you know, there's a place for it. Um, you know, how you're going to get there exactly. I don't know. Um, I think he's, you know, he's, he's a little bit of a realist. I mean, he does have a full-time job and all that. And, but I know he has a passion for music as well. Yeah. And so we're just kind of trying to encourage him along in that and taking the experiences we've had as well as our skill sets and trying to help those that are coming up to you know, try to develop their skills and right. their their talents, and and their hear the Lord for how He might want them to walk that out specifically when it comes to the music thing.
1: Well, you know, I think of uh, Renee. You were talking about being the recipient of the Randy Stonehills and the 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 Petras and the Nancy Honeytrees, who they kind of paved the way for our quote unquote industry, and now here you are. You've taken that. Uh, training, I guess I could say, and you're starting to now pass that on to the next generation of folks who are still. It's a new medium. There's new things about it. It's different than when you were there, but it's still some of the main concepts about how do we walk our faith and show our love in Jesus through music, through to reach society today.
0: Just a little bit of a thought about that is that uh, you know the pressures never change in terms of what are we all tempted into, you know, uh, with, with, within the music industry, right? you know, and it, and it's, you know, it's fame and notoriety and success and money and all that stuff. It's, it's really, it's no different in the CCM world (laughs) than it is in the mainstream. You know, the difference is, is that we, we say that we know a God who can make changes in our lives, in our lives that, that don't, that keep us from being destroyed by those things. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that what's, what's interesting to me is that um, I don't know that, I don't know that it's changed all that much in, in terms of like, uh, well, right now the mainstream of CCM is worship, really. Right, It's worship music mm-hmm. and it's not, uh, you know, recording artists writing their own material. And so, there's even a different set of kind of um, pressures that folks who are doing worship music uh, sort of have to deal with. Um, And, but all of the, all of the answers, no matter what the pressures are, come back to who are you in Jesus? Do you know who you are? Do you know his love for you? And when Renee said earlier, you know, if God said not to do this, it wouldn't mean anything because really, that's what's changed in us. Right. Mm-hmm. Is I I know that he loves me and I know that he loves me now like I didn't know 30 years ago. Right. I, I mean, you know, in all sincerity, I mean, I, I was I was a babe in Christ. I barely knew what being saved meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh but as you know, as I've grown in him, more than anything, I've gotten away from feeling like I got to perform to get him to bless me that's gone all of that sort of like performance christianity you mm-hmm. know uh, and i now understand more his love for me which that was a deal of breaking through my, all of my own beliefs about myself from how i grew up right. and what i went through right mm-hmm. and and whether it's music or whether it's running a big company if you're the president of the united states or you're you're in a, a prisoner in a country uh, you know in a in some gulag somewhere, um, who Jesus says you are to Him, yeah, is the same. Yeah, yeah. He loves you. He died on the cross for you. He wants you to know how much He loves you, and He wants you to know that every single day, not just once. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and
1: I was talking with somebody in a podcast a couple of weeks ago um, about the fact that really the one major difference in Christian music regardless of whether it's worship or pop or whatever, is the fact that we have a truth to tell that goes beyond the beats and rhythm that most music has. And so mm-hmm. yeah. when an artist can truly tap into the fact that God loves them for them, period, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter uh, what style or whatever, that changes the music and makes the purpose of doing the music a whole nother level.
0: Oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think ours, th- you can jump in here when I okay. I, I, th- if I find could- an opening. Yeah. <laughs> She'll punch me, and there that'll be go. the opening. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I or I could try to kick him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> I I think that um, knowing who you are changes the reason why you do what you do. Yes. From the perspective that music then becomes a vehicle to express who God is in you it doesn't mean you got it all right it doesn't mean you do it all you're you're living some perfect life just because you're doing this in front of people right and and at the end of the day what i what i okay so this is going to be such a weird way to say this but i believe that god wants people blessed. He wants to bless people in what they do because he wants the world to see that he's a good dad, yeah. that he loves his children and he blesses them. And it's not like, it's not like your talent opens a door that somehow he can use that so much better yeah. than somebody who's a cook in a, in a kitchen. Right. It's, it's just that when you fall in love with Jesus and you realize how much he loves you, all of a sudden your life is blessed. And people go, what is it? Yeah. They How see come? that difference. And yeah. they, they go, I want that, whatever that is. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but he wants us blessed no matter what we're doing, because he gets the glory for the blessing that he brings into our lives Amen.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: by us knowing him. Amen. Right.
3: And it's a, it's a natural thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it should
3: be. I mean, it should be that it's a, it's a natural thing no matter what you're doing.
1: It's a byproduct. Yeah. Yes, it's yes. like.
3: It's like they see it, they see it when you're shopping for your groceries and they see it when you meet, you know, when you smile at them and they see it when they're listening to you play a song. I mean, it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be all the time, 24 seven, you know, and we're and, you know, we are in such crazy times and and the world has always been crazy. It's funny. We, you know, we ended up doing a cover uh, of the song What's Going On. A friend of ours goes, "Oh, that's such a timely song." I go, "This song is timely. No, it could be timely during Genghis Khan. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, the the message: What's going on? That's the question everybody always asks because we live in this world that has been obviously the world we're living in. The world that we're we see every day is the world, you know, as it is because sin has entered into the world. It's you know? broke. Yep. it's broken. And so, you know, we're to show people that, Hey, yes. In the middle of craziness, you can have peace. And this is how you find that peace. That peace is in a person. His name is Jesus. He loves you. You know, he gave everything for you so you can know that peace. You know, I mean, that's the thing really we're that that's what we're supposed to be. We are all called to be that light, uh, to bring people hope that is not in what you have or where you live.
0: But it, it just flows out of you knowing
1: him. Exactly. One of the things that we do is every Saturday I send out a prayer newsletter to a whole bunch of people who pray for artists throughout the week. And uh, mm. how can we specifically be praying for you guys in the coming days? Mm.
3: Wow. Well, that's
0: really interesting. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I won't bother going into why it's really interesting other than it's very timely. Um, we, we, uh, we're finishing up this, uh, EP. Yep. We're trying to get that out, hopefully by the end of January to the middle of February. Yeah, Maybe early, we want of...
3: to get it out in early 2021. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. And we really believe from some things that the Lord has said to us that, um, it's time for us to walk into the fullness of what we're supposed to be doing. And we believe it's twofold. We believe we're supposed to be in the mainstream and we're also supposed to be in the body, which is, you know, kind of an odd thing. Uh, and, and, but what, what does that look like? And how does that get walked out? And, and there's online stuff to, to get more effective at. So we're kind of praying and believing, uh, believing that God's going to give us some revelation about how this gets walked out. One prayer would be that we can get the record finished, the project finished well and mm-hmm. we're we're actually trying to find a mix engineer right now and right. talking with some different people and just the details of that. And then really 2021 is meant to be a year of uh hitting hitting the ground running, I believe, okay? Yeah. So so how that gets walked out. I mean, we need some well, we need a bunch of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, need a yeah. we need a booking agent. You know, we need to get our stuff out there so that people would want us to come someplace. <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of in a nutshell, us being launched into what God's called us to.
1: One of the things I've heard a lot of people say is. I can't go talk to people about Jesus. I'm not Billy Graham or Beth Moore or name any other famous evangelist you might think of. But we are not called to be Billy Graham. We're not called to be Beth Moore. I'm called to be Dave Maurer. You are called to be you. God has given each of us the opportunity to rub shoulders with people who Billy Graham or Beth Moore will never have the chance to rub shoulders with. For us and I call it lifestyle evangelism, we need to be living our lives every day so that when people interact with us, they say, you know, there's something different about you, and that's attractive to me. It doesn't matter if you're a musician or a CEO or a cook or whatever your job is, you are in a sphere of influence that God has placed you in to reach people for him. What that looks like will be as different as you and I are different. But God has placed you where you are and given you the experiences you have lived so that you can tell those around you about His life-changing power in your life. I'd like to thank Lang and Renee for spending time with us on the podcast today. During our conversation, you heard them talk about a new project they are working on, and they've been very gracious to give us an advanced listen to one of the songs off that album. So as we close off the podcast today, here is Bliss Bliss with their new song, I'm Coming Through. And remember, before we leave, I always say, God loves you. In fact, he's crazy about you.
2: There's an agent down don't know where Disappeared a mystery Pictures and letters all look sinister Haven't heard a word It's not like it's history You can never leave a man An asset to the plan With the enemy control You gotta break them free So I'm coming Phone. Found the key and broke the code. No way, no how no one can stop it now. I will get the car and guns and just reload. They'll never make me fast about the mission SOS. They'll never break me down. Cause I'm breaking. I'm coming through. through. I'll follow every clue. I'm gonna.